Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, it's Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So we're going to be going with the flow of what's happening and how to keep your head in times when there is great fear of contagion, pandemic, and all that other stuff. And we're going to be talking about a few Wisdom Smacks of how to maintain your peace and Join me on the flip as we get to talking about all is well. I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. And today I really kind of want to just give us a good reminder of, and I'm only going to focus on three thinking things that will help you in times of turmoil and The news at this particular time of recording, the news is full of fear and hyperbole and sensationalism. And those are things that get people riled up. And so I wanted to kind of like tap into wisdom and, you know, push aside all the things that I normally would talk about to be able to help us get to a state where we know that all is well. And I'm going to tell you where that all is well statement came from. It is um, a Bible story in the Old Testament where it talks about an elderly couple and they were minding their own business and a great prophet comes and he stays with them. And for their hospitality, he gives them a blessing and he pronounces that they're going to have a child. And they're like, don't do this to us. We've tried to have a child. Don't get our hopes up. And he tells them, you're going to have a child. He even tells them when it's going to happen. And lo and behold, it happens. And the child grows and all of this. And so one day when the child is an adolescent, his father calls to him and the child complains of a headache. And he says, okay, we'll go and lay, you know, go upstairs and lay down. And and the sad part is, is the child dies. And it would so happen that at that time, that same prophet comes by and he comes to the house. He checks on everybody and he says, hey, you know, how, how, how is everyone? And the wife uh, who has lost her only child that she begged him, don't, don't do this. If you do not, you know, don't, don't, don't play with my heart. He asks after the child and and he says, well, how is, you know, the young man doing? And she looks at him and she says, all is well. Now, I just want you to kind of get this understanding that anytime you look at any story, whether it is an ancient uh, story like that of the Bible or stories that we have every day, 
The wonderful thing about our world and the creative nature of it is, is if you look, you will find. And a lot of times when you look at story, they are there to give you deeper truths. There's always a secret to be revealed and there's always code to show you what needs to happen in tumultuous times. And that story right there. Now, I'm just going to give you... um, the low-hanging fruit. And the low-hanging fruit is, all is well. And if we look at some of the things that we can learn about this, we can learn that this woman was not lying. She wasn't. And uh, we can look at the fact that she was possibly remembering the conversation that she had had with the prophet before the child was even born, that she said, don't let us have this blessing if it comes with sorrow. And the prophet had promised no sorrow will come to you uh, for having this child. And so we can look at it that way, that her child is upstairs, no breath, dead dead, you know, and still she's able to say all is well. And we can look at it as holding on to a promise and demanding that that promise become truth and fact, no matter what the situation. But then the story goes on to say that the prophet realizes something's not right. And he says, you know, I I, I, gotta, I have to make this right by you. And so he goes upstairs and sees the the dead child laying on the bed that he had, you know, had when he was there the last time. And it says that he gets on top of the child, he lays face to face, on top of him, face to face, breath to breath, chest to chest. And he keeps laying on him. And, you know, I could tell you all the details, but the gist of it is, is he, he doesn't give up until breath returned to this child. And so the child gets up and is alive again. And when we look at this particular parable, story, whatever you want to call it, there's so much to unpack. But for today, I'm going to be focusing on what to do in the midst of when turmoil happens, when you get bad news, when things are not going right, when there's fear, and when there's death even of your promise, of death of possible life limb death of family, what to do through wisdom to remain still and understanding that all is well. So the biggest thing that I was always taught about this story was to never complain, no matter what it looks like, do not complain. And that still is going to be something at this particular time for this particular situation, I'm going to say. And the reason why I'm going to stress, you know, don't complain is because if you complain in situations like this, you you turn your energetic focus from the possibility to the practicality of what has happened. And it's important that we don't do that because where energy goes, where, excuse me, where attention goes, energy flows. And so you never want to feed the fact. You always want to feed the faith and the possible truth of what you want. All right. So stick with me because I know this might not be how we normally step one, two, three recipe our way through stuff. But just understand that this can help you tremendously. And don't worry, I've got three little general uh, 
think uh, ways to reframe and st- mentally strengthen yourself when you're going through stuff. So don't worry, I got you. I got you. You know, this is we we still are practical here. But this is the next thing that I wanted to to say about this uh, parable and some of the lessons that we can learn from it. And that was to be willing to resurface a promise. So if you find that it is hard to focus, it's hard to do what you need to, it's hard to go out because you can't see an indiscriminate, invisible enemy out there. You know, I've had people tell me they're, uh, they're unable to sleep because of the, the virulent virus that is going around right now, pan, you know, the pandemic and all of that. And I am not going to be careless enough to, to tell them, oh, don't worry about it. I'm not. I'm just not going to do that um, because, you know, <laughs> we have to be responsible. But what I will and have mentioned to some people is to allow the things that you have worked on, you have invested in to resurface. Because too many times we get pushed down and, and we get shuttled into just group think. And we don't realize that every time you did right, you ate right, you exercised, you got sleep, you abstained from things that were not good. Do you realize that they're still there and you can call them forth? Now, let's go back to that parable really quick so you can see how this resurfaced. And so when the woman greeted the prophet the second time and he asked her how things were going, she said, all is well. And not only that, she allowed the prophet to go up and uh, see the child. And remember this, the child was not buried. The child was upstairs. And I can even talk about upstairs and the spiritual aspects of that. But, you know, we don't have time for that today (laughs) because this is not necessarily about the specifics of that story. But what what can that story do for you? And so when we talk about resurfacing, we're talking about bringing something from within to without. We're talking about going and rummaging and digging deep and bringing it. Or we're talking about removing all of the crud and the and the things that get us down so that we can shine and and be more like we were. And so never, never, please never be so downtrodden and so put upon that you forget to go back and resurface that part of you that is resilient, that part of you that has that strong immunity. And the thing that I, I find that I keep going back to when I revisit this parable about the woman saying all is well when she has a dead child upstairs is that I can imagine her saying, I choose to resurface the good uh, for the child by saying all is well. It is, it is fine. And no matter what, I have that promise. I resurface that promise, because it did not say she mourned. It did not say her husband mourned. And that to me was really powerful when I would meditate on this uh, parable. It was like, wow, you have a dead child upstairs in the bed and you're not mourning. 
and you are not emotionally distraught. You are not uh, losing it and giving up all of the ground that you have gained. And I, I even imagine the fact that she knew that I had this child. It was a blessing from you and God and and his life is too short to be not, you know, with me anymore. And you promised. And so I am going to just lock in to that. And because of that, all is well. Okay. And the thing that I will tell you when there are trying times, when it seems that there are problems on every hand. Now, this is, this is, please listen to me about this, please, beloved. I want you to understand that emotions are contagious. Yes, emotions are contagious. And if you are not guarding against and you are not an emotion regulator by nature, you will soon start to uh, look at things that make it, I'm just going to be honest, they make it really hard for you to focus. Now, it there is this concept called um, uh, the three-man tiger. And it's a, kind of like a, an Asian um, kind of uh, uh, parable. Is I guess the the way I wanna I wanna say it. It's called I, I said it three man tiger, but it's called three men make a tiger. And what this is is this is how people start to ingest the emotions of others, and that is that say for instance something is happening, and the parable not the parable, but the teaching goes this way that if somebody tells you that there is a tiger roaming around in your neighborhood and it's one person, you're going to assume they're lying. If two people tell you, then you're going to begin to wonder and even try to go and investigate. But if three say it's true, you're going to be convinced there's a tiger in the neighborhood and you're going to start to panic. And this is called the three men make a tiger. It's a Chinese proverb. Um, I said parable, a proverb. And what that means is, is when there are uh, troubling times, we have to guard against emotional contagion and understand that somebody's emotional um, status can easily, easily infect a, a whole bunch of people. They have tracked how information travels, especially with our ability to look at it in real time using internet and the like. And they have found that news travels pretty good. But guess what travels even more? False news. False news travels faster than real news. And then if you want to sensationalize it and make it over the top, it spreads like wildfire. And so when you are using your wisdom about things, make sure that you understand that emotions are contagious and that three men make a tiger. <laughs> and so be aware of that. And I put a note here when we were talking about the um, emotional contagion, because I really want you to understand this. And uh, I put here that one person's emotions trigger the same emotions in other people because, now get this part, evolution 
has selected for emphasizing, for empathizing with those in your social group whose actions you rely on. See, we get our social cues from others. And that is how the three men make a tiger works to get you to believe falsehoods. That is why people can use sensationalism and falsehoods because there's a lot of emotional uh, uh, heft to to that that carries it further and faster, you know, and so you have to be aware of that. And then also, when you're trying to get your head around how to behave, how to not lose it, how to have um, emotional fortitude and stability, remember this, that you need to focus on having emotional competence. And that's just the ability to recognize other people's emotions and respond to them effectively and productively. It will do you a lot of help When other people come to you with these contagious emotions that are driven by a lot of sensationalism, a lot of fear and and the like, it will do you well for you and that person to have competence when it comes to your emotions and theirs. And to remember, don't complain. Remember to resurface that part of you that you know to be truth for you. Whether it is a promise or whether it is a fact or whether it is a a hope that you can couple with some faith. Um, I remember one time I was flying and there was this person sitting next to me and they, you could tell they were have they they were not having it uh, with regards to the airplane. And uh, I don't know all of the, con- um, what was going on. But they were freaking out and they were trying to get me to commiserate with them. And I was looking at them like, I'm fine. And I just got to the point. And this was before we even, you know, really got going because it was, um, you know, a cross uh, country flight. We were going to be on there for three plus hours. Uh, excuse me, uh, close to four hours. I was like, I am not dealing with this. And so I just politely told them, I was like, look, nothing's going to happen to the plane because I'm on it. And they were like, who are you? I was like a person with a promise. I was like, it's not my time to go. I got a lot to do. I got to go speak and I'm going to be fine on this plane. So you're good. And they looked at me like, how dare you? But because I would not remove, I mean, I would not, not remove, but I would not get off of that. And I knew that I knew. And, you know, we've talked about that in other um, podcasts, how knowing is the true key to a lot of stuff you want to know, you want to do. I was an emotional regulator. And guess what? That person actually told me when we landed, they were like, this is the best flight I've ever had because you were so sure about it. And I was like, "Hmm, okay, (laughs) but you shouldn't have to just rely on others. But I understand, you know, of course, and I'm not, I'm not shaking anybody who has those issues with, with flying. But I will say this, and that is, Be aware of emotional contagion and up your emotional competency. And then this is the thing that really helped me with this nervous person next to me in that situation. And that was to breathe easy. You think it's so simple, but it is so powerful. Learn to breathe easy. When you breathe easy, your breath is your friend. Your breath 
will help you regulate your body, keep you in tune, keep you connected, and help you to find your footing and your bearings and not get into the emotional tornadoes that will sweep other people up, okay? And so this is, uh, I promised I was going to talk about three little things to help you reframe and, and strengthen your mind and your wisdom when you find that things are not great, but that you will be able to, to say and believe and know that no matter what it looks like out there, all is well. And so the first one I'm going to talk about is called first, pr- pr- uh, first Principles Thinking. And what that is, is that's a way for you to learn how to prioritize so that you can get to the essence of the matter. And the way to do this is uh, to look at um, what will help you clarify what your problem is, separate out all the extemporaneous stuff, you know, the nice to haves, not the need to haves, and separate those out from the facts and when you boil it down to what is important, what will get movement, what will get this resolved, you'll be down to being able to get clarity on what to focus on. And that's called first principles thinking. It's just, like I said, a way to turn the complex into the approachable and a way to strip down everything to its barest essence. And you need that when you're going through, because going back to our parable, that mother could have been focused on the fact that her child was dead. But instead, she chose to focus on the fact that I don't care what happened. You said I was going to have a kid and you said no sorrow. So all is well. <laughs> and that, that to me is first principles thinking to remember. And she resurfaced what the promise was. All right. The next one is a circle of competence. Mm hmm. And what this really is, is just kind of understanding what you're good at and what you're not good at. And there is this theorem that says that uh, those people who excel at a specific thing tend to have a shortfall in something else. And it's called skill compensation is what it's called. And so skill compensation says that people who are exceptionally good at one thing tend to be exceptionally bad at something else. and that is, that's a truism. I'm just going to say it. So understand what your circle of competence is and don't allow your uh, ego uh, and uh, and other things to trick you because each one of us has blind spots with an S, blind spots, okay? And so when you are trying to construct the most solid pathway, to help you remain stable and focused and clear when there are tumultuous times, after you get to the clarity and the essence of what is first principles thinking, what is the essence, then understand what your circle of competence is so that you will be able to also identify your blind spots. And it's important that you remember this because Identifying your blind spots and what you're good at is going to help you to make better decisions to get better outcomes. So so that's the second one. All right. So we've got first principles thinking and we've got circle of competence. And I've talked to you about skill compensation 
where you can't be a jack of all trades, no matter if you try. If you're really good at something, you're going to be really bad at something else. Just understand that. And then this one, this one is one that has always intrigued me. And that is the concept of a map. When you need to navigate yourself out of something, so say, for instance, you're trying to keep you and your family uh, safe and uninfected from um, the virus, okay? What you want is you want a map. You want a, a plan, a pathway forward to get you past this, right? Yes, most of us do. One of the things that I've had to uh, learn, and, and when I say learn, I mean actually learn, is how to reframe what a map really is. And I'm going to help you with that. All right. So understand that your map is not the real territory. Your map is not reality. What it is, is it is a reduction of an overview to help you navigate. But your map is not perfect. Your map needs to be flexible enough to change. And I, too many times when uh, I wanted to do something, things growing up, I had to learn things change. Things don't look the same as they do on that map. And just because you have a dead child upstairs does not mean that the map is wrong and it doesn't mean that your all hope is gone. And what you need to really remember is that it is just a reduction or a snapshot, if you will, of the territory that you want to transverse. And so understanding that a map does not represent the territory or the path uh, perfectly, that gives you permission to think on the fly, make adjustments as you go, and understand that uh, you are going to be making your pathway better and better if you're flexible enough to understand that just because what you were expecting didn't happen doesn't mean that it's wrong or doesn't mean that it, it's not going to work for you. And so let me let me just give you an example. I am not an artist. I wish I were. I love that people can draw. I have artists in my family. I'm always amazed at what they can do. And it just it, it always amazes me. But there are times when I can follow a map, a recipe, directions really well. And I remember I was doing something um, and I followed the directions and I had a mess. And I didn't realize that that was just part of the process. And I panicked and I called uh, someone who knew how to do this. And they were like, send me a picture of what you've got. And I was like, I've messed up all this stuff. And, and the materials were, were quite expensive. And that's another pressure I had on me. And I was like, I don't have time to rebuy these and blah, 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 and get the, you know, and all of this. And so I sent the picture and they laughed. They were like, oh, <laughs> it's supposed to look like that. You just need to keep going. And I was like, well, why didn't they tell me that? Why didn't, you know, they say that it's going to look like you messed up? And they were like, because they probably made the assumption that you knew that there is some creative input you've got to get in. you got to fiddle with this and work with this. To, to Once you get everything, you know, on the canvas, you got to work with it to, to bring out the masterpiece. And that was a very teachable moment for me because I was thinking that every part 
of the recipe, the map, the directions, and the plan had to look perfect. And that's not the case. And so I need you to understand that when you're trying to navigate these times, there there are going to be fears. Things are not going to look right. You know, you might suffer a little bit here and there. Uh, You might have your worst fears, you know, realized. But that still does not mean that everything is going bad. Remember, don't complain. Remember to resurface, dust off, polish up that part of you that is true. Understanding that you have an ability to breathe easy when danger is all around. And that means do not, do not. And I'm going to make this as gross as possible because this is how I look at it and this is how I say it. Do not ingest other people's emotional vomit. That's nasty. Don't do it. Don't give in to emotional contagion. Instead, work on your emotional competence so that when you come up to people who have these fears and they want to infect you because misery loves company, instead, you learn how to remain stable like the mother who had the dead child upstairs and was able to tell the prophet all is well and understand that your Emotions can become a stabilizer where you can actually become impactful on other people to help them stay calm, you know, stay regulated, stay focused. And then our three little general ways of of resetting your mind to not go cuckoo and and not give in to the contagious um, volatility when times like this happen, you know, so that you can keep from making crazy mistakes and missteps is to employ that first principles thinking where you realize that you've got to strip down all of the nice to haves and get down to past the complications, past all of the other stuff to figure out what is the first principle of what I'm doing. This is going to help you to uh, get to the essence of something, make it simple so that you can think straight. Yeah, remove the complication. And then do a check to understand and re, I want to say resurface, uh, but, you know, strengthen your circle of competence. Because when you understand what you're good at and you dare to understand what you're not good at, that's going to help you to know what your blind spots are, know what your competencies are, and that will help you to have a better way and a better opportunity of making good decisions and having good outcomes. And then understand that the map is not reality. It's not the territory. The map could be wrong, but it doesn't mean that it's not useful and it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. Keep working it. Keep having faith in in your outcome of your plan that it's going to work. Don't give up just at the first sign that, oh, this doesn't look like I was expecting. Keep moving forward with the understanding that no matter what, all is truly well. And so guess what, y'all? Yeah, my time is up. I do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes, like, share, comment, and support. And I hope that this helps you and it strengthens your wisdom and your mental uh, ability and strength to make it through 
and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.